Knives Out, Minute by Minute, episode 86, the 86 minutes. I'm your host for this week, Park Parkinson, back again from week one. And with me is my guest for this week, Antu. Hi, Antu. Uh, hey, Park, how are you? Doing good. Again, we are here for uh, minute 86. That's from 85 minutes, zero seconds to 85 minutes, 59 seconds. In this minute, Blanc tells uh, great Nana Juanetta, uh, Harlan's mother, that he suspects she knows more and can say more than she lets on. Marta's mother talks to Marta about lawyers and mail, and Marta is ambushed in the hallway outside her apartment by Walt. There is a lot in this minute. We don't have any new actors, but we do get some more of uh, Marta's mother, Marlene Forte, which we were just talking about. She does a good job, but we don't. I don't know her from other stuff. Uh, what What do you think of her performance and characterization? I, yeah, I, she's got a little bit of a... I was saying before, I don't, I don't want to call it a stereotype, you know, the sort of like, but I, I definitely have seen characters do um, worried, worried Latina mother mm-hmm. is like not a, not a, a thing I have not seen several times. Um, but I mean, she brings humanity to it. I can yep. tell how much, how much she loves uh, Marta is really apparent in the very beginning of the movie. Yep. Their relationship is like they have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. She and uh, their and her other daughter as well. Yeah. Um, and in this scene, like I like, we learn that that she's undocumented. Yep. Uh, and like, I mean, her, her emotion is totally believable and feels real and justified. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say she's a stereotype, but she does represent like the archetype of like yes, a concerned like a uh, latina mother definitely yeah the uh when she breaks into spanish uh again it makes sense as someone's like uh emotional language their anxiety language yep. being their first language um and also that that's her language with her daughter when they're being more emotional like that makes total sense mm-hmm. um and a bunch of lawyers stopping by and and delivering packages and thick packets of papers would also freak me out um in her situation uh i've I've personally never had to employ the services of a lawyer Uh, have you park no or only like um second or third hand involved in someone else's legal stuff but not like i've never uh been sued or had to sue anybody (laughs) for instance which i know is like the great american pastime but despite being american i have never sued anybody or been sued by Mm -hmm. anybody uh not even as part of the class action thing i don't think um uh <laughs> so i haven't had a lot of dealings with lawyers but and even so they unsettle me <laughs> <laughs> we don't start there though we we start with uh just leaving in the last minute not yep. not our minute but uh had begun the talk between um great nana Juanetta and blanc um and he's he is trying to get Juanetta to to talk about what she saw and and is being really kind to her uh and telling her that um 
you know that that uh, he's he's sorry for her loss, which mm-hmm. apparently nobody else has done. It seems like uh, I can totally believe that his family is terrible. I can totally <laughs> believe that nobody has done anything like said anything nice to her. They they don't even know how old she is. Like like they go like uh, they talk about like do, do you know how old she is? Like no one knows apparently. <laughs> Uh, I, I I do I do think like yes it's for the first part of the film like uh, Great Nana's mostly played off as a joke and this scene is actually really tender and emotional. Yeah, yeah. There was um, he is able to have a rapport with everybody, mm-hmm. even when like he the way he talks with the cops and how they respect him and relate to him. The way he talks with. Um, with marta the way he talks with i mean pretty much everybody who doesn't immediately like pass him off like the way ransom did earlier um he has he's able to get a to to generate a rapport with and it believe and be believable he has chemistry with like every other actor it's really great like i (laughs) he's i mean how craig is a fantastic job um and this scene in particular because because nobody else has tried to have a rapport with with harlan's mother with 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 uh great nana Winetta. and and even though they don't talk i don't know she looks out the window differently after he's spoken <laughs> to her and you can tell that she's considering um you know talking to him or not i i, I think you know i think watching the film for the first time i always thought this performance was like kind of like a, a thankless job you know like it's a, a lot of like you don't get a, she doesn't have a lot of lines and it's a lot of just, her performance yeah, yeah yeah totally but like i think it's actually on upon reflection it's like uh, yeah she does a lot with 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 uh without doing much you know yeah i was really impressed this is something else we haven't talked about even though she's not um uh this is not her first scene or anything yep but uh, Great Nana Winetta, who was played by um, Kay Callan, mm-hmm. uh, who she played, um, she played the mom in Lois and Clark. She played she played oh, Superman's Kent. mother. Yeah, uh, and I've seen her be like goofy and funny, and I've, I've watched that when I was a kid. Yeah, I, I grew up uh, watching I've seen her it be as goofy well. and funny, and like. Um, and 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 joke and and she's she's quite good and quite personable yep. and so yeah it, it's weird seeing her be so yes yeah, quiet and, and shut and, down yeah. but yeah. i think you're right i think she does that to great effect mm-hmm. and and with great presence uh i i totally loved her in like laws and clark i it kind of blew my mind when i looked up who plays the grandmother <laughs> and i was like it's goddamn kay callan Oh yeah, same same. Th- I was because I remember the the part, the scene of Lois and Clark that sticks in my head. <laughs> besides the galactically stupid scene, is the scene where uh, he's trying on all the different costumes, and <laughs> and <laughs> and she and she gives him the the iconic one, yep. and she's like, oh well, that's why they call him tights because you can see he's got like a giant bulge in oh. his in his. Uh, <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> in his Superman suit, and she's making a joke about her son's, you know, appearance in that, and it's and it's played for laughs, and it's really funny, and that's how I think of her. So, seeing her, realizing that was her, was 
weird. That was like uh, that that that's been great Nana the whole time. Really, really inappropriate for like an adoptive mother <laughs> to do. That. Yes, like, yeah, just adding this layer of creepiness. It um, made him feel really. You could tell he felt very self conscious after that, wearing that in front of his mother, as as you would. Um, uh, I I I I also want to like uh, I recently like Kay Callan's like. Like come into my mind lately because like I've been listening to her daughter's band Wednesday week recently and like it again that blew my mind because I was start listening to like Wednesday week this LA jangle pop band from the eighties and I was like oh. connecting it all up and like oh she gave birth to the girls in the band it's really cool I did not know that that's cool um. Uh. I did. I looked up something from the first part of this minute, uh, which is the music that is playing in the background. Yep. And I'm not sure if this was talked about in the previous minute, but um, uh, the score in this in this scene, in in this minute yep. from beginning to end, um, the music that's playing on a on a CD player, which I haven't seen a CD player in a while. Uh, it looks like it's a, like a dedicated CD player uh, or maybe part of a stereo system, but it's playing. Uh, a a uh, an aria from La Traviata. Um, I'm going to butcher the Italian, but it's it's Estrano a Forsulue. <laughs> I'm saying that terribly wrong, yeah. but it's it, in English. It translates to "It's strange, maybe it's him," which is uh, I don't I don't. Antu, do you know La, Do you know La Traviata? I don't know any arias at all. I. I I had to look all of this up. I just, I just, yep. I knew that was like, oh, someone is singing opera in the movie. That probably means something. <laughs> and so I looked it up. It is. So I do know a little bit about the Traviata. It's, it's the, uh, it's the operatic adaptation of, um, of Camille or, uh, uh, it's Alexander Dumas novel. I think it's La Madame Camellia or something like that in the French, um, or, I don't. Anyway, I don't. I don't know language very well. So, um, the song is being sung by um, Violetta, who is we think of is, is Camille in the novel, wondering if Alfredo, who's the the other main character, who's Armand in the novel, is really like the one. She's a she's a courtesan. Yep. And this young man has um, like proposed to her and wants to go live off in the countryside with her, and she's thinking like what a weird situation that this is. And, and she feels strange about him. He seems so earnest. Maybe he's really the one. Uh, and in the opera, like she actually ends the song or, the, or in the next song thinks like, Oh, probably not that settling down isn't for her. Uh, but then in the next act, they're actually living together in the countryside. So like it works. <laughs> um, it doesn't go great for them. Spoiler alert for La Traviata. It, it doesn't turn out all, all great. Um, if you if you have seen if you have seen uh, Moulin Rouge, you have an idea of how things go. <laughs> I have not seen Moulin Rouge either, so I'm like. Oh, oh, Moulin Rouge is really is really good. Moulin Rouge is like a it's like a mush of like La Traviata and um, Romeo and Juliet. Uh-huh. Uh, this Indian story, uh, the the song of I think his name is pronounced Mejnoon or Minun. Uh, and also a little bit, um, uh, La Boheme. It's like kind of all like mushed together, these stories and, and, uh, and like tones and references of things. 
And it's really like it's really cool. Like it's an adaptation of like four things at once, kind of. Yeah. Um, uh, and and they, you know, they they take a little bit from Traviata, and in particular, you know, like the fate is there um, of these lovers, and and also the you know her life as a courtesan, which the main character Milano is just sort of like an actress slash courtesan. Um, but I, it seemed really like to fit because um, Winetta is having a similar feeling, like she's in a weird circumstance in her sort of social uh, status, yep. and she's wondering. Is this the guy? Like, do I talk to him or okay. not? Do I do I engage with yeah. this guy in a very different sense? Because obviously, she's not like a young woman being flirted with. No, no. But she is an older woman who's actually being engaged with, where no one else will like talk to her. Mm-hmm. They just yell at her. <laughs> do you want some food? <laughs> you know, they're just they're like just they just assume that she's like insensible, or and it's yeah. and. Uh, uh, and he really talks to her like a like, like a an person. actual person. Yep. Um, in in the same way that like um, Armand doesn't look at at uh, at Camille um, or or Alfredo at, at Violetta like like a courtesan, but like she's an actual prospect for a, like a long term romantic mm-hmm. um, relationship. Uh, that was really that was a really cool choice, um, and I. A lot of the, I saw I, I I will say uh, give credit where credit is due. I saw a thing online yep. on and now I I've lost the <laughs> URL so I feel bad. But it was like about about opera in movies. I think it's called op, op, operatic yep. opera cinematic, um, where it it mentioned like the potential meaning we're having this, but it really focused on um, on what this could mean sort of like in terms of social structure and how like their places in the, in society and how they're both trying to maybe alter uh, the way society works. Yep. And whereas Camille can't do it for herself, maybe Winetta can do it for somebody else. <laughs> but I think it's much more interesting to look at like her emotional mm-hmm. place and her relationship with Blanc and that here is someone she can honestly like, just talk to mm-hmm. sorry that was babbling a lot <laughs> no no i can tell i was like um listening and tr- sort of like uh yeah trying to see what you were getting at with this opera it's, it's just like it's like hearing a shakespeare quote when i hear like opera in a movie i go oh i bet this director <laughs> is making a point with this i'm gonna look something up so that so after we we have that scene uh with the two of them where she says nothing she just yep. looks off into the distance like she might talk then we go to the scene with uh, Marta's mother, very briefly, just handing her packages. And we don't, I don't even hear, I don't know if, if your version had it, but my version doesn't even have a, 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 doesn't have a translation for the Spanish. Yeah, uh, my, my, well, I watched it on Amazon and it didn't have a translation from Spanish either. Yeah, same. I was watching it on Prime and it didn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't have, and I could, I, I could get what she was saying by, by Marta's reactions. Mm-hmm. And and the and the situational like the context. Um, I I was actually kind of hoping that you would show up to the recording. With the translation. <laughs> I was like, Maybe Park knows. No, I'm I'm a terrible American who only <laughs> the only other language I know a little bit of is Latin, which is I mean semi useful. <laughs> I can catch a word here and yeah. there sometimes. Uh, no, I think she says something about just how worried she is, mm-hmm. and that like this 
seems um, like dangerous or or uh, concerning, um, and you, you you could already really get that from I think Marta's reaction. Yep. I did I did like though I did like that they didn't um, they didn't subtitle it like I. Um, I think that's more. You see that more often in, in American films now, mm-hmm. where they, if they have snippets of Spanish, they just choose not to let the audience like to tell them explicitly. Yeah. Um, and I and and not like break the fourth wall that way. Where you used you used to have that, where you would have, um, you'd have subtitles like just for the other language. Mm-hmm. I I I'm like a stickler for like. <laughs> Knowing and understanding, so I'm I'm disappointed in it slightly. It, but it would be nice if you had the subtitles on anyway. Yep. Like if you had closed captioning on, if they would translate it then, I, I then I would like to know. I I watch everything with subtitles and closed captioning, and it just says speak Spanish. That's, that's all yes, it, which bums me out because like yeah, I, I I like knowing and. Yeah, that was a little frustrating. I, I also I watch almost everything with the, these days because because I have little kids and they're mm-hmm. loud, and so <laughs> I don't miss anything. I yeah. turn on the subtitles a lot, mm-hmm. and I hadn't even meant to turn the subtitles on for this. They just the subtitles had already just been turned on, yeah. um, but I was surprised that even in the subtitles it wasn't it wasn't there. Uh, 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 as a quick aside, I. Just, uh, just having these characters who uh, speak Spanish as a sec, oh, as their first language and English as their second language. Uh, I'm not sh- sure if you played it, but uh, just that Spider-Man Miles Morales game. Yes, yes. The sort of yeah, the stuff they do with the Spanish language, like conversations, and it's obviously translated and subtitled, but like it's just very naturalistic. How, yeah, it's an actual like where. I'm a, like obviously I don't speak Spanish, so I'm like drawn into the world, and I get to witness this, uh, you know, the communication that I I don't I don't get to see often, you know. Yeah, yeah. I've I've had friends who um, who have uh, uh, Spanish speaking, or especially immigrant parents yeah. from wherever, um, who tend to use uh, their their family language for a lot of them is their first language mm-hmm. as their like as their household common language. Yep. Um, and I've been around when that's when that's happened and they've like broken into the language. And it's always I mean I find it fascinating and um and all and also like like really intimate. Uh um yeah I I feel even though I do not understand the words mm-hmm. usually, uh I feel I feel like drawn in. I really I think that that really stuck out for me, uh, Spider-Man, yep. um, the the uh, Into the Spider-Verse, as one of the. It might have been the one of the rare times at the time yep. that it wasn't translated. I, I don't know if it's if if you have the subtitles on, if they put it in the subtitles or not. But that in the movie, it's not translated mm-hmm. when you watch. Like when I saw it, um, like just at the uh, watch the movie, there was no translation for it, and it it really made it clear, like. Um, you know, not everything is for me. Yeah, no, I, as well, a as a, as a white American male, <laughs> not everything is for me, and that's 
fine. <laughs> and I can imagine watching that as like if Spanish were your first language yeah. or your family's, you know, oh, if language. you're like Afro-Latina, um, even like that's super cool. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's really, it's really cool. I, I would also say like yes, as like we're, we we both speak English, like you know, like watching a piece of media that's like made for like English speakers, it's it's just nice to even have like something that's not catered to us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it, it deepens the world. It makes it both bigger and more like resonant. Yes, I I would also say it's it's a represent it's like. When you watch like a film involving, uh, like non-English speakers, like um, I was listening to a podcast about Karate Kid Two. That's set in Japan, and all the Japanese characters are speaking English. Right, right, yeah. yeah. And obviously, it's like uh, it lets the audience know as well. This is really mediated and fake. <laughs> you know, it's like all you know, like they're not speaking Japanese. Like, why aren't they speaking Japanese to each other? And it's just like. Uh, just going with like yes, having like a little bit of Spanish here and there. It's just like okay, this is grounded and real, and these are real people. I feel like it took it took a really long time to convince studios that Americans in particular would still watch, would be interested, would either read subtitles mm-hmm. or would sometimes just you know pick up on the tone and. And the facial expressions and body language and not need to know, like, what every single word means. That it was okay to have people speak other languages. When it was clear, I think it was, like, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, obviously everyone points to, is, yep. like, uh, when when so many Americans watched a foreign movie yep. and so many of them saw a subtitled movie. Um, I, I think to a certain extent, um, uh, Con Lang's. Have had an impact there. Sorry, like, con um, langs. Yeah, uh, 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 constructed languages. Yep, so yep, like cool. Klingon and Elvish, you know. <laughs> yep. Um, like so, like a lot of times you have, um, you know, like in in like science fiction situations where you have like on a Klingon ship, all the Klingons are speaking what is <laughs> yep. supposed to be like Federation standard. It doesn't make any sense, you know? Yep. And 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 now they don't do that. Now they, though they do subtitle it most of the time. I thought, like, they, they do uh, subtitles, like, in Klingon all the time, and that's a thing, and... Yeah, and I'd, I feel like it, it, it makes the world feel more real. <laughs> uh, it makes the characters feel more real. And I think... I think but foreign films and also uh, I think science fiction fantasy have had both a, an impact on convincing studios. Americans are okay with that. There's, like, look, there's, as like a person of color, it just makes me uh, laugh a little bit that like, <laughs> like white audiences needed like a fake language to sort of like bridge them over into like, like a foreign, like a real foreign language. It just I, kind of blows my mind. Like, I mean, it's one of the ways in which white people are terrible, but I, <laughs> but I, 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 I bet it's, it's had an impact that, um, that we've seen, um, American sort of like acceptance and like mainstream mm-hmm. success of foreign films at the same time that we have seen constructed languages yeah. in fantasy and science fiction really take off. Um, I, you know, I, I, I would bet they are linked. I'm no sociologist, <laughs> uh, but I, I bet there's a connection. This is such a tangent from 
Yeah, from <laughs> such a tangent times. from Knives Out. Um, but we, but it's it works. We see some Spanish in this scene, yeah, and, it's great. Uh, and they don't and they don't subtitle. And I, I think it's cool. Um, we should talk a little bit about that that third the third part of our minute where Marta encounters Walt in the hallway. Yeah. Um, so two things I wanted to mention about about this bit. One is that there is some music in the hallway that I cannot hear it. I don't have anything to say about this, like like on the same level as yep. as, uh, <laughs> the, as the as the opera, opera yep. as the But I will say, with the barely audible music and sort of like the high pitched kind of like reverb in the hallway, it sounded to me a little bit like the music in the earlier part. Like it it actually sounded to me a little bit like the the aria we already heard. And I wonder if that was purposeful. If they were drawing like a parallel between. <laughs> Here's another man and a woman. Yes. Uh, uh, well, trying to communicate and yeah, yep. and in, in a very in a very um, class stratified, like uh-huh. stuck in their uh, particular class um, ways, and that's how they are communicating. And also, where there's a chance of of the class structure being being broken, mm-hmm. the same as before. Only now he is not going to help that happen. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you could argue like in the previous scene, the music's clear; you can sort of hear it. And in this, and there's like a direct line of communication. Like, yes, they are communicating well. And in this scene, the music is out of focus; you can barely hear it, and there's no connection. There's no understanding. There's like, yep, yeah, yeah. There just, um, yeah, she just gets uh, just gets ambushed. Uh, I um, hate to be like an IMDb trivia person, but like, did you notice oh, that? No, I want to hear. Did you notice that Michael Shannon is also in the Superman universe because he played? Uh, <gasps> oh, that's right, because he played Zod. <laughs> yes, he, in the so, in the didn't right? He played Zod in the in, new one. In Man of Steel, yes, like yeah. So yeah. we got Zod and we got Martha Kent in the same movie. Oh, and they and they do talk with each other. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Her Superman was so much better than his Superman. <laughs> yes. yes, it was. <laughs> like, uh, I'm, I'm not sure about you, but like Dean Kane like became Superman in my head for a bit as a kid, definitely. Like, oh, for sure, yeah. Like, I, I before then it had very. I loved the original move. The the yeah, I shouldn't say original. Reeve, there, yep. Like before that, but I loved the 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 Christopher Reeve movies, uh, at least the first like three of them, and. Um, and and yet, yeah, Dean Cain kind of became Superman in my head a little bit, yep. and his costume kind of replaced the other costume a little bit, uh, for a while. And then he's awful now. Yeah, but, he's become uh, like super terrible, <laughs> like the antithesis uh, of Superman, even. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I hadn't thought about that. So we have two, we have two super alum from various media, <laughs> yeah, uh, recent and and. And now, decades ago. I'm sure if we, like, uh, you know, really looked at the cast, I'm sure you'd find more, like, DC Universe-related trivia somehow. Probably. I feel like at this point, uh, comic book movies in general, and and Superman, obviously, is a very long representation, very long list of stuff, uh, have become kind of like Star Trek, where, like, everybody's got about, at most, two degrees of separation from being in, like, (laughs) a Next Generation episode. And it's about the same for, uh, for like, 
comic book movies or or uh, Superman material, probably. Uh, I I this scene like just reinforces how much I hate the family. <laughs> God, I just hate like Michael Shen's character and. Oh yeah, he's, and I feel like he's. I wouldn't say he's. I don't know if he's trying to be non-threatening isn't the right word but i feel like he thinks he's being like smooth <laughs> yes i think so as well yeah he's because because the way the conversation ends he's like he's struggling at being assertive definitely yeah yeah he's um maybe it's also partly michael shannon like i think it's very <laughs> hard for michael shannon to not be intimidating creepy yeah <laughs> just like yeah yeah he's being yeah a real creepo and which is like michael shannon bringing his a game really he's really he's, he's great <laughs> in this film it's just it's just natural <laughs> yeah. just just <laughs> if i were in a hallway and i turned around and there i saw michael shannon i would also be afraid yes it's kind of, it's a real bad situation for Mata. Like he's blocking the exit and everything. Uh, so <laughs> we talked. You mentioned briefly onto uh, about um, how how you you like, seeing seeing the movie for the first time. Uh, how did you first see? How did you first see Knives Out? Did you watch it in the theater or did you watch it like on video at home or no, Amazon? I, I saw it in theaters. Like I'm a like I really love Brian Johnson. Like. Uh, I love Brick. Yeah. Uh, the Last Jedi is probably my favorite Star Wars film, <laughs> and yeah, and Knives Out is like yeah, A plus. I I saw it at home, um, but I I immediately wished I had seen it in the theater. Mm-hmm. Like I, as soon as I started watching, I was like, oh, this is this is really really good. Like even the first like couple of minutes, it's very clear how. Yeah. Well, except like Brian, that Brian Johnson is very good, yeah. and I also Brick is great. So, um, that is our, that is our list, our kind of our rundown. Is there anything else you want to cover for the, is there anything we didn't say about the minute that you would want to say? Uh, no, I, I feel like we went on a long tangent there, like, covered lots of ground. <laughs> I think we wrung some juice <laughs> yeah. out of this minute. I feel good about it. Well, on to so much for, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, I'll just plug my Twitter, just... Uh, just follow me on Twitter. Give me a few likes or whatever. Uh, it's my handle is uh, the Antu. So T H E A N H T U. The Antu. You can find our show at Twitter at Knives Out Minute. I'll give a quick plug. Uh, I've occasionally uh, guest once in a great while on a Doctor Who podcast called Doctor Who's That <laughs> by uh, Sean Gleason. Uh, it's a, a trio of friends with various levels of familiarity with Doctor Who, including one person who has lots of and one person who has none of, and a, a rotating uh, stack of guests that I'm I'm in there once in a while. Yeah. Um, check out that podcast, Doctor Who's That. Uh- As for this podcast, uh, please rate, review, subscribe to Knives Out Minutes on your podcatcher of choice, and... Onto is something else you wanted to say? Yeah, like I was about to say, like Marta's scarf looks Doctor Who esque as hell in the scene. It does. It reminded me of Tom Baker's scarf. Totally. Yeah. I was, I was, when I first saw it, I thought, are they are they doing a thing? I don't think it's intentional, but yeah, it just seems to be like one of those great looking scarves from TV and media. <laughs> I I would I would take that scarf. 
Antu, I will see you again tomorrow for minute 87. Uh, yeah, I'll see you then.